I've known I was adopted since I was a kid, and it never felt like a big deal to me. My parents thought that they couldn't have kids for years, so they adopted me. But then two years later, lo and behold, they popped out my little brother, and then three more kids in rapid succession. Funny enough, despite them being their blood children, I was always my parents' favorite, and everyone knew it. I couldn't have asked for more supportive, amiable, loving, providing parents. But there was still always that gnawing question in the back of my mind, that constant curiosity. I mean, I had just touched my mid-30s and thinking of starting a family myself with my boyfriend. It felt like it should be long past thinking about this, but I did. One day, a David Woodhouse sent me an email that read, Hey sis, you won't believe this, but I'm your biological brother. I felt a rush of emotions in an instant. There's no way this could be real. I considered whether I should read the rest of the email. If I read the rest of the email, I knew it would undoubtedly leave me on a journey to discover more. I wouldn't be able to help it. It was just pure curiosity. What did they look like? What facial features morphed together to make mine? What color eyes did my parents have? Am I German, Irish, Spanish, Italian? Where does my bloodline hail from? And most importantly, are there any hereditary medical issues I should know about? The more I thought about that last specific thought, the more practical it suddenly seemed to want to know it all. I said screw it and read the rest of the email. David claimed he discovered me through one of those ancestry websites and said he and his parents had been looking for his long-lost sister for years. He practically begged me in the email to respond, saying, Please, I know this is out of nowhere, but it would mean so much to our parents if you could meet us. Our parents, I thought? Yeah, I didn't like that choice of words. They certainly weren't my parents. They abandoned me as a kid. I get they were young and broke, but... It's valid that I felt the way I did about it. But, curiosity. I responded. We went back and forth for a while. He told me that my biological parents, their real names were Reese and Olivia Woodhouse. We're English. Boring. A bit of Welsh in there too. Most of the family immigrated over from England in the early 1900s. We hail from Birmingham and there wasn't much left of us. I have two other siblings, other than David, George and Helen, and a grandma, but that's pretty much it. He said Reese and Olivia would pay for my ticket and that they'd love for me to come out at the end of the month. Wow, I thought, this was a lot. I went to my parents and we talked about it. They said it was fair that I was curious. They also said they didn't ever get any info about the Woodhouses. My mom did seem a little uneasy about it, saying they were coming on a bit strong wanting me to jump straight to staying a night at their home across the country in New England. But dad told me he supported my decision to go see them, that I needed to know about it and then be at peace about it. I slept on it, spoke to my boyfriend, and by the next morning, I decided to do it. The two weeks went by fast. Before I knew it, I was standing in the arrivals area of an airport in New Hampshire. A black car pulled up, and David stepped out. 
He didn't even hesitate to give me a huge hug. Sorry, I'm a hugger, he said sweetly. He drove me away outside of the city, to the fairly remote countryside. He talked his head off the whole way over. David told me that my grandmother planned to give the family fortune she earned to charity. As we pulled up to the land, I looked in awe at the house. It was huge, but old looking. The amount of land they had was mind boggling. It looked like something straight out of a Jane Austen novel, but it also had an eeriness to it, a stagnancy. It looked untouched by anything from the modern world. And I reckoned it wasn't. David turned to me and said, our country home, be warned, no Wi-Fi here, no TV either. I had to chuckle. What? How odd. But hey, it's just a night. Make nice, have some dinner, ask some questions, wet my curiosity whistle, and leave. We pulled up to the large wooden front doors that were two times my size. The doors opened and let out a huge creak. A man and woman who I figured were my parents were standing at the top of the stairs, looking quite happy. Too happy. Almost like... relieved. David launched himself out of the car and embraced Reese and Olivia. Together, they were all saying, We found her. We found her. I stepped out of the car awkwardly, and before I could even take a breath, Reese and Olivia practically glommed to me. They went on and on about how happy they were to see me, meet me, and be with me. I looked beyond their shoulders, expecting to see more people come out of the house, but no one else was coming. It's so nice to see you both, I said cheerily. They both gave me another big hug before I was able to ask, Well, where are George and Helen? And Grandma? Reese and Olivia both looked at David, and he nodded at the two of them. They turned back to me and Reese said, Well, they've passed on. What? I couldn't believe it. Reese, Olivia, and David all became teary-eyed and began sniffling. Was it recent? David, you didn't mention... Before I could finish, David interrupted and said, I know. I'm sorry. It's still hard to mention. How darkly coincidental. I come to meet my family and most of them are recently dead. I looked at Reese and said, So, both of them? And Grandma too? Do, do you mind if I ask how it happened? Olivia stepped up to me. Her eyes were glassy. Best not to get into it, dear. We just want to move on. Come inside. The inside looked less like a home and more like an 1800s castle. The vaulted ceilings went so high it made my head spin. The decor was, obviously, old-timey. The fixtures and engravings that lined the walls and the pillars that stood the house up were gaudy. But I realized something interesting the more I looked around. The paint on the walls was peeling. The wood banisters on the staircase were waterlogged. It smelled dank, and the few lights on were faulty. Clearly. This place needed a new coat of paint. As they continued to take me around the home, I couldn't help but feel a bit uncomfortable. It was just too old-worldly. How could anyone spend an extended period of time here, much less live here? It was dilapidated, gaudy, creepy, screamed of all money. And it was far too big. It 
felt hollow and liminal. Its very existence just felt unnecessary. We landed eventually in the dining room, and hovering over the long dining table was a giant portrait of a senior woman standing in the woods, a scowl on her face. Reese pointed at the portrait and said, My mother, your grandma, Magda Woodhouse. She built this house in the early 1900s, fashioned it after the manners in England where we're from. David had told me she was the founder of the Woodhouse's wealth, that it happened suddenly, literally overnight. It was curious. He mentioned too that we were once a sprawling family, that Magda had eight children. Me and her didn't always see eye to eye about, well, a lot. In fact, none of us kids did. See, we're Christian, and before he could continue, I interrupted him, asking, So where are my aunts, uncles, cousins? Are they in England? Are they here? Olivia looked over at Reese with a cautious look. Sorry, it's just I thought more of the family would be here, I said. Reese and Olivia walked away from me and had an aside. I officially began thinking this was all too weird. In that moment, I wanted to call for a pickup and leave, but something compelled me to see it through. It's just one night. Reese left the room in a hurry, and Olivia approached me and cupped my face with her hand. You look just like your grandmother, you know. Anyway, you're staying in the guest room upstairs. Get changed. Dinner is soon. Olivia suddenly vanished herself. I was standing there thinking, what the fuck was that? They had completely ignored my question. Also, something else lingered in my mind. What was Reese about to say before I cut him off? We're Christians and... What was he going to say? Why drop in the fact that they were Christian? That had nothing to do with the context of what we were speaking about. I shrugged. All I knew was that I had gotten my fill of curiosity. Honestly, I just wanted to go home now. I went to my room, called my boyfriend and parents, and relayed to them all the weirdness. They laughed with me. I told my parents I had never been less curious to know more about my biological family than I was now, ironically. Eventually, I heard Olivia call out to me for dinner. My plan was eat, complain that I had a headache, and try to go to sleep ASAP. Dinner was awkward. We sat at this unnecessarily long table, just the four of us, chomping away slowly at some of the blandest food I've ever had in my life. This was a wash. No one was talking. I let out an annoyed sigh and piped up and said, So what is it everyone does for work? They all instantly stopped eating and looked at one another. The welcoming atmosphere from when I had just arrived was gone. Reese swallowed his food and said, we're all currently unemployed. No follow-up. So, I asked another question. Okay, so how did Magda make her fortune? Reese took a deep breath and gave me an intense, searing stare. His meek demeanor melted away in an instant. She made a bargain with a demon. She acquired wealth and he got to one day be born into our family in human form. That was the deal. Silence. <laughs> what the fuck? That's all I could think. Then Reese let out a huge guffawing laugh. 
one which Olivia and David both joined in on. I just sat there uncomfortably, not laughing at all. What the fuck kind of joke was that? They calmed down and realized I wasn't laughing. Sorry, sis. It's a funny little story we like to tell people. It gets so tiring sometimes with people asking, how did Gam Gam make her money so quickly? So we just came up with this little story to, to give people a bit of a shock and a laugh, David said with a cheeky smile. Reese chimed in and said, ah, the truth is she was just savvy, a savvy businesswoman. That's all I'll say. We finished dinner and I told him what I had planned. I told them I had a headache and wanted to hang up for the night. To my surprise, they didn't protest. Instead, they all agreed that they wanted to go to bed. Then they all quickly departed, faster than I did. I was done. They were weird. I was glad I didn't grow up in this family. All I wanted to do was go home. I went upstairs, entered my ugly room, went into the bed, and my mind started to drift into sleep. I woke up around 2 a.m. There was a horrific smell in the air. I never thought a smell could wake me up, but it was that bad. My eyes fluttered away as I came to full consciousness. The entire scent filled my nose and made me gag. No way in hell I was going to be able to go back to sleep with that putrid smell. I made my way around the dark, desolate halls of the mansion, trying my best to follow the trail of the scent. The trail led me to a large red door that was nestled in the corner of the sprawling living room. I opened it and the overwhelming stench wafted into me. It was a very peculiar smell, one that I remembered when I used to go hunting with my uncle in Texas when I was a kid. Death. It was the smell of death. My mind was screaming at me to turn around, go back to my room, lock the door, wait it out till morning. But like I said, I've always been a little too overly curious. I made my way down the long staircase. It was pitch black. Eventually I hit the bottom and I couldn't see two feet in front of me. I kept to the wall, fiddling around for a light switch. My fingers finally found one and I flipped it up. A dim light flooded the room and my heart sank in my chest. In front of me were 10 corpses each strapped to a large wooden cross in the manner of a crucifixion. The corpses were still in early decomposition. Each of their throats had been slashed, and a crucifix was lodged into their chests and sticking out. The rest of the room looked like a small church. A stained glass window lorded over the whole room. There was an altar and small statues of angels and cherubs that lined the walls. It was like a religious horror show, completely oxymoronic in its nature. Behind the ten corpses was something I didn't initially see, but then as I walked further in I saw. On a large chair, rather a throne, sat the corpse of an elderly woman. A crown of thorns was on her head, two metal crosses were lodged into her shoulders, and a Bible was clutched in her rotting hands. I wanted to scream, but I knew if I did, they would know where I was. I needed to get upstairs and bolt out of the front door. But when I turned around, Reese, Olivia, and David were all standing behind me. Olivia had a syringe in her hands, and before I could make even an inch of movement, she said, Sorry, sweetie. She lunged at me and plunged the syringe into my neck. I passed out instantly. I stirred. 
The world was fuzzy. I heard muffled voices coming through. When my vision finally cleared, I saw that both Reese and David were strapped to wooden crosses. I looked around and realized I too was strapped to a wooden cross. My arms strapped with tight belts, as were my legs. Olivia stood in front of Reese and David brandishing a kitchen knife. Olivia noticed me waking up and rushed over to me and said, You're awake. I suppose it's time you know. Was it Olivia all along? Was she killing members of the family? No. I looked at Reese and David and they were speaking to each other emotionally, lovingly, saying how much they loved one another in a genuine way that didn't seem like they were scared for their lives. In fact, Olivia hugged David as he hung from the cross and she went over to Reese and kissed him. David turned his head to me and said, Dad wasn't lying about Gam Gam making that deal with a demon. Sorry, sis. We knew you were alive. We searched high and low for you, but couldn't find you. The ancestry site was a godsend. You're the last one we needed. My heart was pounding. I couldn't form words and my thoughts were scattered. What the fuck was going on? Reese looked at me and said, As I said, I loved my mother. We all did. But she was wrong to have made a deal with a demon. To promise an evil spirit to be born into our family one day? For what? For wealth? She always said she did it simply to pull us out of poverty. But it was selfish to muddle our bloodline with the potential of bearing a corporeal demon. See, my father was a Christian, and he would have despised her doing this. So me and my siblings, our children and our spouses, decided we'd rectify it. Luckily, the demon spawn is yet to be born in our line, so we decided to put a cap on it. We all die in a blessed way before the contract can be fulfilled. No more newborns from the wood houses. David chimed in. Yes, we could all tie our tubes, get vasectomies, but things can be reversed. This is a permanent solution. Go ahead, Mom. And sis... I'm so glad I met you. Olivia didn't hesitate. In one swift motion, she sliced David's throat open and blood spewed from the gash on his neck, soaking Olivia's face red. I screamed out for help. I screamed and I screamed, and Olivia and Reese just acted like I wasn't there. Olivia then poised the knife at Reese's neck. Reese looked at me and said, You really do look like Mom before Olivia plunged the knife into his throat. Blood spewed out and he was eerily smiling the whole time. I began to cry and began begging Olivia to stop. Olivia looked at me with a homely expression and walked towards me. Tears were in her eyes. I mouthed the words, don't do this to her. As she motioned to stab me and I braced for death, we heard a swishing sound. One of the metal crosses that were jammed into my grandmother's corpse was rising up and levitating out of her rotting flesh. It hovered in the air for a second. We were both too stunned to say anything. The cross then flipped upside down, then went on its side and flew at Olivia at blinding speed. It jammed into her skull, killing her instantly and she fell back to the wall. I then watched in horror as words appeared out of nowhere on the wall behind her in blood that read, No Defaulters.
My straps then somehow loosened on their own and I was freed. I couldn't believe it. What just happened? Divine intervention? I stopped thinking and got to my feet and dashed up the staircase. As I went to the living room, I was shocked to find that the house was inexplicably on fire. I just made a beeline to the front door and ran as fast as I could from the house, into the grounds and towards the main road. I turned around to look one more time as the entire place went up in flames. Two years passed. The things that happened that night still linger in my head. The story spread all over the world. I became a celebrity for a bit there. Everyone wanted to know about the girl who survived her murderous, psychotic family. The story of that night quickly made the rounds on true crime docs, 2020, datelines, crime YouTubers, what have you. People had reached out to me about movie deals, book deals, all manner of things that I wanted no part of. I just wanted to forget about the whole thing and move on. My boyfriend and I had just become pregnant, and we wanted to focus on our soon-to-be family. In my family's walls, we never spoke of the Woodhouses. They were non-existent, and that's how I liked it. Blood be damned, they were never my family. They were just a bunch of psychos. I can't even believe I came from them. I never told anyone about the supernatural phenomenon that I witnessed, nor the reasons why the Woodhouses did what they did. I just said they were psychotic and had some kind of mini death cult going on amongst them. That was enough for people. It was wild enough without all the demon crap. The day of my C-section arrived. I was put under. When I woke up, there was a large commotion in the hospital. My mom was sitting beside me looking scared. I asked her what was wrong and she couldn't respond. I shouted at her and still nothing. I asked where the baby was and she simply just pointed towards the maternity ward. I unhooked my IV and rushed out of bed, stumbling all over as the anesthesia was still in effect. My mom tried to force me back into bed but I found the strength to break away from her and I ran to the ward. I pushed through a large number of people that crowded around the viewing glass of the ward. At the front of the crowd were my dad and boyfriend. I asked them both what the matter was. My boyfriend looked at me and said, He... he has... I, I, I don't know. He was all choked up. I peered into the room and saw it clear as day. My child had jet black eyes that covered even his soleras. Pale skin covered in veins, sharp teeth, feet that looked like a hybrid between a human foot and a hoof, and four little horns, stubs, sticking out all along his head. I knew what this was. It was all real. He locked eyes, me and the child, and then he let out a cry that sounded inhuman. It was deep, multi-corded, dissonant. Everyone around me gasped in shock, and then it smiled menacingly and said to me in a gruff tone, Contract complete.